This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. All right, guys, welcome uh, to the How Do You Health podcast. It is, uh, it's not Friday morning. as We usually shoot on Fridays. Uh, it's Wednesday morning. We're here with Sky King, um, founder of um, <clears throat> Modern Stoa. And today we're talking about... Uh, the health of the media industry and how that all works. But uh, Sky, you want to give yourself a, a quick introduction? We also have Nurse Doza here. We're going to be talking all things health and, and where we're going with our businesses as well, too. But you want to give yourself a quick intro? Yeah, of course. So I help podcasters uh, monetize their platform. And my company is built on the concept of being podcaster first. So essentially, we prioritize sincerity in media. We prioritize the podcaster. And so we allow them to function, run their company, like we allow the creators to create. And so we do that by, I have a team of five people, we go out and we find brands that we think will be aligned and the podcaster will absolutely love so they can speak sincerely about a product. We don't allow that influence to seep over into the interviews. And this comes from basically a place where we have seen historically the relate the business model of media, I think is sick, as you said. Yeah. Um, we had, we were having a discussion right before we started the podcast and it was, it was really about how, how it used to be like media was supposed to be where, you know, it was a public service right now. It just seems like it's completely the opposite. You, I like the way you refer to it like that. The media should be the product as opposed to uh, right now. It feels like the consumer is right. Yeah. That's the, like the fundamental issue is that when we use advertising to fund media that makes the eyeballs the data of the individuals who consume the product versus the media being the product and you know people say it's a quote-unquote elegant business model the only thing that's elegant about it is it kind of just hides what's going on and that's i think fundamentally an issue i think there's a lot of better business models that honestly with the onset of technology that we have today, there's actually ways we can do it. Unfortunately, I don't think like Patreon's gonna win. You're not gonna beat Facebook with a subscription fee, but we are getting to a place where people are living so much more digitally that we can start to shift how we do it. And it's not something that's like, kind of like a high in, in the pie sky. I don't know, forget that phrase, but like not <laughs> one of those things. Like this actually happened in China. Hilarious from like a censorship perspective, but. China is the biggest podcasting market in the world. They have this application called Himalaya. There's no ads on Himalaya. In 2017, when the U.S. was $700 million total for the whole podcast market in ad revenue, China was at $5.2 billion. Obviously, they have more people, but really it was through this gamification and tokenization. And, like, you know, professors would just go on live stream audio or create podcast audiobooks of their lectures, and students would, like, listen in and vote and allow them to see what they really enjoyed and what they didn't enjoy. That's awesome. So yeah. it would just it was just live streaming 
right? Yeah, and also podcast. So you could you, you could live stream, which is where a lot of the monetization happened because you have that interaction, right? But then you could also listen to the podcast or recorded or audiobooks and all that stuff. Well, one of the things that we mentioned before we got on was, you know, podcasts are freedom of speech right now at at its biggest platform you can imagine. For sure. So what you say out there, there's there's really no regulations. I mean, you're looking at saying whatever you want to say and to an audience that will listen to you. Now, granted. There's back and forth with that, but it's been throughout the course of history. You, you, you talked about uh, uh, publications. Even since uh, the first publication in America, we've had people who've had invested interest in what is said in that paper or that publication, and it's gone on to this day. And, and you can look at all the big media empires. They have an agenda, right? And for a mass media is that they want you to buy all the – they want the consumer. That's the number one thing. The reason we have commercials in America, like pharmaceutical commercials, is the only place we have in the world because they want the consumer to buy their products. Yeah. And so I used to make those commercials. You used to make those commercials. I used to make those commercials. The ones I, wash, walking down the beach and yeah, like, yeah, holding yeah, hands yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I filmed – I did actually direct one of them. It was wild. And it was – I was 22 years old and like the main – like. <laughs> director of that brand just didn't show up in philadelphia for the shoot so i was like the person directing it and i was like this is wild that's nuts yeah it was absolutely wild but also like we would do just like it's it's crazy and i don't really know what i'm allowed to talk about from it but <laughs> it was fucked up because i'm oh, sorry if I, <laughs> no, you're, it, you're was, it was fucked up because i would be a 22 year old kid and my job was to go into a room with doctors lawyers and researchers i was my job was to know the studies as much as they did and I would just wear them down to try and get what marketing wanted into the commercial, into the commercial deliverable to the HCPs. And like these were doctors, lawyers who had families and stuff. And I actually f was working for I was like being sh shipped out to a different pharmaceutical company. And I was there just like trying to push a little bit harder, push a little bit harder, push a little bit harder. And it was insane. Like I've legitimately taken. I took, I've taken like ibuprofen Advil like three times in my life. I took hydrocodone when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. And I've taken zero pharmaceuticals outside that. Like, I, I'm like, my name is Sky. I come from like a hippie family. My parents are like, what are you doing? And it was just like a good job out of college. And everybody I met there was incredibly nice. Yeah. But the whole system is like incredibly flawed. Talked about like a bad health system. I After that experience, I moved into global. So I worked on the rest of the world, which I enjoyed better because the regulations are actually like a lot more legitimate. So it feels like you're doing a competitive business where in the United States, like the pricing in the United States is insane. Yeah. Because like what happened with the Affordable Care Act is like pharma, the lobbyist group that represents pharmaceutical companies, got in that like through Medicare and Medicaid, they could not negotiate directly with pharmaceutical companies, which is madness. That's anti-capitalist. <laughs> like that's corporatist. That's insane. So I like went to global. So I actually had to edit global pricing. And so like for a drug that would cost $10,000, like a can so I worked in cancer. So a drug that would cost $10,000 in the United States, it like we would be negotiating to try like have like a real value add based on its principles for like 2000 US dollars in Germany, like the next highest market. It was madness. That's that's nuts because i was going to ask you about that like whenever you're doing commercials like how do th those regulations work because like i mean you watch a commercial and it's like non-stop of like oh all this shit can happen to you and it has to be posted on that commercial 
but nobody really pays attention to that right like it's a quick like we do because like we 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 talk about that yeah. all the time yeah. and then like how different medicines deplete your different you know nutrients and how then we have to come and help because that's what we do but at the same time like dealing i mean even just dealing with making supplements because we also have a supplement company mm-hmm. and, and and all those regulations and like the vetting process it's like it's it's madness it's crazy they're there for a reason but then you see something like a vaccine being done like in three months yeah it's okay so like I love to talk about like ibuprofen as an example, yeah. Because like when, when like when you're going through the trials and your drug gets a black box warning, mm-hmm. from like our perspective, it's like the world's ending. We're so bummed. Like I would not take things that have black box warnings, and it's like a very serious. Yeah, there you go. it's like an incredibly serious uh, thing. And for marketing, it means we have to list so much more stuff. We have to. Like, there's this ratio of what can be printed that's marketing material versus what can be printed that is, like, safety material. And it's, like, really bad. Ibuprofen has had double black box warnings, and people take it like candy. It's yeah, I mean, they do. Literally, I'm, like, mind blown. Like, it's something that, I mean, Dr. Honor Patrick has talked about in Rogan, but even before that, it's just, like, NSAIDs in general. It's, like, I can't even, like, wrap my hand around, head around taking that when, like, some of our products will have, like, they'll have serious kidney, like, renal impairment. Yep. And we get one black box warning. Like, the, the fact that Ibuprofen has two black box warning and double black box warning is wild. Yeah, it is. But what's incredible about it is the black box warning gets negated almost in the medical community. Because here's what on the flip side. The reason he knows about the pharmaceutical business on a big sense is because I've told him about what I went through as a pain management nurse practitioner. Mm. I was at the tail end of the, the, I guess, the opioid crisis. Like, I was catching it at the very end. And so when we came in, this is how we were told. They're like, hey, whenever you get a lunch, you have to sign in because yes. there's something called the Sunshine Act. Yep. And basically, you have to count for how many meals are being paid for by the pharmaceutical reps. And I said, that that makes sense. Then the tail end of it was all these doctors who were basically speaking on behalf of these pharmaceutical companies, probably the ones you were talking to, 100%. were traveling on the country telling us in our clinics, they were traveling with these farm reps, eating lunch over our table, saying, hey, this is why you should prescribe this new medication, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to get good coverage with insurances and blah, blah, tier one, three, four, and you know all that bullshit too. And when I'm sitting there, there's no talk about efficacy. There's no talk about the idea that uh, there's a black box warning that came because this pharmaceutical drug is very new. But Zohydro is a point is a very good example. I'll say that by name. Zohydro, you mentioned hydrocodone. Mm-hmm. It's long-acting hydrocodone. Before it was released about five years ago onto the market, it was trying to get released onto the market for like six or seven years. And all the states were against this, like states like you know Texas, Oklahoma, and all this stuff. 28 states wrote letters to the FDA saying, do not release this. This will be a new cancer you're releasing on the public. Sure enough, it got passed. So we have that rep coming in telling us to our face, this is a much better, safer option. They won't have to be popping four or six pills. They only need one to control the pain for up to eight hours. And I looked at her and said, I will never prescribe this medication to anyone. Like, there's no way in hell I'm going to do this. And I can't believe you're going to look at me in the face, buy me lunch, and tell me how safe it is and how effective it is. Because here's what would happen. Those commercials you directed, the Affordable Care Act happened. One patient, I'll never forget, older patient, was on this one medication every month. Came in, every month got a prescription. Never changed. He comes in with his wife. I'm like, they're in their 60s, and he's like, hey, why did you prescribe me a medication that's $400? 
And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I, how do I know what the price is? You know, mm-hmm. I just prescribe these things. You know, he goes, that medication is four hundred dollars. I've been on it for like four years. I cannot afford this because the shift over in the Medicare ch- and and change with the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act. And I was like, why in the world would it be four hundred dollars when generics are like four to ten dollars at the most for very similar things? Mm-hmm. So I found this out. Any time that there's a commercial on TV. That's promoting one of the most expensive medications on the market. That's why they want you to go to your doctor and say, For sure. we want this medication. Yeah. And that's what you were directing. And yeah. it's incredible because we both saw the side of it. And what's interesting, we're both in health, mm-hmm. right? We both said we can't do this shit anymore. For sure. We're good at our jobs, but there's no way I can go to bed at night. Yeah. Right? 100%. And it's, it's crazy, too, because it's so – you're talking about the sales reps, yeah. right? She doesn't know, like, the one that was, you know, getting you to sign in, and she, she doesn't really know. Like, she's just reading the script that she was trained that, like, the me's would, like, write. Yeah, the script. And, like, yeah, and, like, we're just, like, you know, it, it's so, it's crazy because, like, you just, so few people <laughs> in the system. Like, the company I worked for was a 40,000-person company. Every single person I talked to there wanted to help people be less sick. That was their intent. Really? Even, that in was their intent. Even in college, yeah. if you talk to pharmaceutical development in college, they think they're doing God's work. They do. They do. They do. It's because they can't step back and look at the system. Like we would, I remember having a conversation like, you know, where I was, so I started in diabetes. That's what the, the commercial that I was talking about. I worked right. on. And I remember we had this book that, that we gave out to doctors and it showed calories of fast food restaurants to help patients. And I was like, okay. yo, this has nothing to do. We, we learn how like insulin works and the carbohydrate effect on insulin like we learned that <laughs> why are we making this like that makes no sense Who to me it? The it, was, it was the it was the company and we gave it to doctors to help like so like patients would know like what the calories were it's like why is this a calorie thing that makes zero like we know this like why are we still like in this narrative it was so wild and people like would just not step back and it was it's tragic because again every person that i worked with there some of the kindest people they really weren't money driven like i've worked at other places where the founders are way more money driven and like it was insane to have have and but they just couldn't take a step out and like look at the bigger picture and see what was going on yeah well they're doing their jobs yes. and you saw that too you got paid well for the job mm-hmm. i mean i was promoted i actually started in pharmaceutical development first out of college and I quickly realized it was office space, the movie, you know, timestamp here. You didn't initial this. And I'm just like, this sucks for this drug that may or may not get to the market. So I understood how long it takes to get a drug to the market. So that's a whole nother topic here. Mm-hmm. So when you looked at, um, I think around the Affordable Care Act and then Trump actually accelerated this. They said we need more drugs to the market, like more than ever. So the seven to 10 year time frame went to like three years. And then you saw what happened this last year, this emergency authorization use. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, whoa, wait a second. The vetting system is not in place to protect the public. It's to get the drugs to the market so they can cash in. And if you don't believe me, I think at this point right now, Pfizer may be up to about $25 billion in sales right now for this year alone. Yeah. $25 billion. Yeah. And they have no consequence. No. Yeah, if no. no liability. Wrong. No that, liability. That's well, like that, the one thing I'm like, that's insane because incentives are everything. That, Yeah. And this is the media that they see every night at the 6 p.m. news, the 7 p.m. news. They're watching their primetime TV, and you'll see it. I mean, I, we cut the cord a long time ago, so we don't really have cable, but you have Netflix and all that other stuff. But when you look at local TV, I was like, there was three commercials, pharmaceuticals, and there was five commercials in that whole block. And it was like all these people very happily walking down the beach, not having yes. any side effects <laughs> for this drug that just said it could cause violent 
diarrhea, yeah. you know, yeah. or it could cause cancer. Yeah. No, every, every, uh, I always tell it's a pharmaceutical com- company because you see the pastel coloring. Yeah. The clothes, they always rock pastels. Like, yeah, this is a pharma commercial. It's like this really soft <laughs> pastel coloring. And I'm just like, this is wild. And I'm sure that that's a process too, right? Like, this, like they have to wear pastels. That was basically my main job. Like, hey, you're wearing, you're wearing black. Wear. Like, that looks like soft. <laughs> well, you can't wear black, man. You can't wear black. <laughs> you get it a little lighter. You get yes. a little lighter, Just right? a little bit warmer. Let's make it look like an NBC show. Oh, yeah. my God. And it's, it's so apparent because, like, you have that 50s 60s uh, leave it to beaver kind of you know happy days approach when it was back in the day and the old school um i guess baby boomers are still in that so they honestly believe that when they go to their doctor that the doctor's not gonna but have the best interest in their in their heart right like they're gonna say they're gonna take care of me my doctor's been my doctor for 10 20 years i don't question him right now this new breed's coming in they're not going to that same doctor they're not waiting in the waiting room for 30 60 minutes to hear this guy talk to him for five minutes to tell him like nothing and just say here's a prescription they're like they didn't listen to me they didn't order what i wanted fuck this i'm out of here right that's really what it comes down to so now you're having this changing of the guards and what i imagine in the past year what i see on the outside maybe we're just in a bubble i'm like doctors are not like a very trusting profession anymore and i almost imagine i think it was like 60 years ago uh, they were probably like one of the most trusted professions in the world. That's not the case anymore. And it's unfortunately because they're in a system that's pretty much like this catering to not the doctor's support, but the people who are basically funneling them pills. Yeah. And it's, it's so – do people not see this? Like I don't, I don't know. I mean I think – I do think people in like the younger generations do see it. I do think like people in the older generations don't. And it, it's, it's wild because in certain ways it's gotten better. Like they used to have – like, before I got into it, like, I think, like, early 2000s, late 90s, they used to have, like, pay-to-play for doctors in oncology. Yep. yep. Where you'd literally get paid if you use the drug. Yep. Like, that incentive structure is absolutely madness. Like, that cannot – that's, like, so bad for our health. That's like, wrong. That should that's never kickbacks. Happen. That's yes. kickbacks. It's super wrong. And, like, they've, they've gone down on that. They've gone, like, way harder on, you know, taking doctors to NBA games, like, all this stuff. They've yeah. really, like, riled it in. But – I mean, if you just even look at medicine in general, like, you know, I forget what the stat is, but the average HCP will get, like, one class in nutrition. And, like, we've, like, really started to see that, like, what you eat really impacts the state of your health. Yeah. But they get one class in nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we would – I would – I've interviewed at this point, like, hundreds of doctors probably just through market research. But it's always like it's kind of like a really bad feedback loop because the only doctors we interview are the ones that'd be willing to get paid, you know, like four hundred dollars for an hour to do research with us, which that means that they're probably not the best doctor, because like if you're really a good doctor or you have like a really like big practice going on, you probably don't have time for that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's and there is a concept they all understand that nutrition plays a part, but they don't well because they're not required to get their degree, and then at that point it just becomes like, well, I need to pay off my student loans. Which means that what's the fastest way to do that is to follow this protocol and do and prescribe these things because I don't want to like risk anything. Hundred percent. Unless you're like on this side where like, look, I'm making money, I'm doing this thing, and I'm saving my money because I want to do my own thing and do it my way because I know how to help. But there's very few people that think that way. Do they get burnt out? Like, so some of my best friends are doctors, and like they went in wanting to do like Doctors Without Borders, really important stuff. Go to like rural areas, do family care. You know, three and a half years in, it's like I have I'm leaving here with three hundred thousand dollars in debt. I've been jamming my brain with information, not sleeping, doing these residencies, 
all I want to do now is just be an anesthesiologist and go play <laughs> golf. Like that's multiple of my friends because they just get so burnt out on the experience. Yep. And it's again, it's like not and it sucks because what happens when that happens is then the continuing education that's supposed to be done to keep doctors up to date on the information is just done by pharmaceutical companies. Unfortunately. And what will happen is all their information comes from the pharmacy or the pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's really unfortunate. I'll never forget. I was in um, I was in a meeting with some uh, some of the colleagues that I worked with, and we always had these things called rounds, which is essentially like a case study. Like you, you meet weekly or monthly, and what you do is you go over like a, a patient who's a good example of you know a learning experience. And I'll never forget this one time. It was like a, I think it was Butrans. Butrans is a is a patch for pain pills. It's a derivative of Suboxone, which is given for like typically addiction and protection of overdose. So when you give it to someone, you know that's kind of the last leg on the pain management world. Well, this person was like not getting the pain response they needed. And so we said, what should we do? One of the doctors looks at the other doctor and said, well, didn't the rep say that we could do a two patch on this person? And I look back and I, I was like, are you serious? Like you're gonna, t you, of the 10 years of schooling that you just went through, they never taught us and they never taught him what Butrans and pain pills were. I never was never taught that in the pain, uh, in like in nursing. And then you go in there, and so they're learning on the spot. And so either a doctor is going to tell them, this is what I did previously, or the rep's going to say, hey, guess what? You should do this. And they're going to believe them because guess what? They're just trying to do their job. They see 30 patients a day, right? Then they yeah. have three hours of paperwork or you know notes that they have to do at the end of the day, and you'll have prior authorizations. Pharmaceuticals are one thing. The insurance company is Bro. another. So you talk about this. You have two areas that are basically stabbing the doctor in the back or the practitioner saying, hey, prescribe this or only order this. Mm -hmm. And they've never seen the patient face-to-face. -face. The doctor is the one who's making the decision. And you have two outside influences that are basically saying, if you do this or the other, we'll make your life a lot easier. Yep. It's unfortunate because, like you said, the doctors that we even know, too, our, our friends and me in practice as well, went in thinking we're going to help people get better you know the hippocratic oath you know the idea that do no harm and food is medicine and all that was not taught until you go into clinical practice and say like damn like i only want to do what's right for this person but man like if i order this mri they're just going to deny it and there's three phone calls going to my front office and they're not even going to pay for it and i'm just like i'm not going to order it that's what will literally happen and they'll give them a muscle relaxer and say get out the door yep that's life simpler, simpler for that doctor, which is unfortunate. And so I was talking to Baldo like years ago when I was like, we got to create something different. All right. They're in a game, a system that we can't win. I, I, I don't like to use that word, but that is too big of a system. Pharmaceutical. We can't change the system. We cannot right? change like, that system. That's too, it's ingrained in our taxes for crying out loud. Like literally, if you don't get it, you get penalized. Well, that was done away last year. It's coming back again. Right, because you're gonna That's have. Back well, I bet you're gonna have to yeah. have like an insurance, right? Like, yeah. And most insurances premiums are like a mortgage yeah. that you don't use any of that stuff. But yeah. his his doctor, my kid's doctor, he's not on our plan. Uh -huh. It's major medical. Yeah. In case something catastrophic happens, mm -hmm. so then I say, all right, let's look and flip. You know, from the negative side, you're in the health world now. Mm -hmm. All you talk about is health. This is probably a throwback to that other world yeah. you live in, right? You're yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So then think about now, you're doing something that is actually changing the system. It's establishing a new system, Yeah, right? Correct. You're part of a system now that educates the masses on what not to do, and maybe there's another option. It's called the podcast world, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And you found maybe a calling that said, hey, I know I can help more people, right? Yeah. I know how I can help people. I can help get a platform established 
so people have a voice. Yeah. 100%. Well, well, the the interesting thing about it is that we we talked about how the the pharmaceuticals own most of the commercials. Insurances do too, right? And not not just uh, health insurances, but also like. Uh, all sorts of insurances, car insurance, all those insurances, right? So it's like the two biggest players. You can't change that game. Like there's, they make billions and billions of dollars. I've always preached, like, I don't want to play that game. I'm going to make my own game, right? And so that's kind of why we started this whole podcasting world in the first place is to like, well, I want to educate in a certain way without being, you know, censored, yeah. right? Without having someone tell me, you can't say that, you can't say this. Um, there's plenty of that already just because of like, we don't, you know, we have a persona to 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 uh, uh, to show, right? And we have clients that probably wouldn't like us if we said things in a certain way. So we kind of have to dial it down. The cussing doesn't really matter because everyone cusses, uh, at least here, right? But but it's interesting because, yeah, we, get, we have this opportunity to create this whole new game and, and take the old game by surprise because if you try to go and change that, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to play with lawyers. You have to play with, like, you know, uh, all sorts of campaigning with, with, you know, the White House and all that stuff. Like, you just don't want... There's no way you can ever play that game because it's a game that's been played for so long by millions of dollars that there's no way that we can ever do that. So it's might as well just create a whole new game. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, you know, th- like this David and Goliath story is something that appears all the time. But, like, the I think the real way to win the game is you don't have to spend millions of dollars, all your energy, fighting this battle. You yep. can just exit. Yep, exactly. Like that's one thing I learned from Atlas Shrugged, which, like, you know, a lot of people have opinions on that book. But, like, if you really feel like the world is against you, like you have the freedom to exit. Yep. And I think that's so, so powerful. Right. And exit in a, a positive a way, positive to, way to benefit yourself, right? Because in you your go, community. In your community, right? So that's what we did. So we stepped away and I quickly realized that. I said, There's no way that I can fight this battle, David Goliath. It's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, you just want to go home to your family or go to your friends and loved ones and say, I did a good job at the end of the day, right? And if it's not fulfilling, there's no amount of dollar or amount of dollars in the world that's going to satisfy your soul. There's just not. So then you say, okay, we break away. We do something that serves us, a passion, make it a a hobby into a career. So we created something that said, all right, can we make health our main focus? Mm -hmm. If no one is is talking about nutrition, then let's go places where people are talking about nutrition. Let's start conversations there. And then next thing you know, it started growing. People wanted this stuff. They're like, oh, you know about this? Yeah, I've heard about this stuff too. And then next thing you know, we're all in. We're all in the health and wellness realm, and that's all we think about. We're basically paid now, paying ourselves now, to talk about health and wellness. And it's the coolest thing because everything has gone on the past year. I mean, almost one year exactly. I look and say, remember we talked about at the beginning, I said, this should be the biggest time in someone's life where they emphasize nothing but health and wellness. For sure. So then I say, how many podcasts did they listen to? How many different podcasts? How many different types of information have they received through all their platforms and said, okay, What's true and what's not? And what's good for me and what's good for my family? What's good for my body, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned like, you know, vitamin D, zinc, you know, uh, those are like common now. Mm-hmm. You know, vitamin C. Yep. It wasn't common like last year. Yeah. That's, that's just incredible. Yep. It took us a pandemic to realize you should take your vitamins. Dude, and what's crazy is like what's, what's tragic is I think, you know, there are a lot of people who have taken that health route, but there's like way more people who instead of thinking this is the year that I need to focus on health, they decide this is the year that I need to focus on fear. Ah, like this is the year that I need to be afraid as opposed to like, yo, I have a, this is not going away. I have a year. I can get my BMI to like a place where like the percentage is going to be way less likely that I have a really bad outcome. If I get COVID, like instead of taking that route, it's like, no, like I bet alcohol sales went up. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
like fear like crazy fast also dogpiling fast food yep. all these things yep. mental like all of this stuff as opposed to like yo focus on the stuff you can con- control yeah. and those things are like how you treat your body yeah. that's right it's your body well, well the thing <laughs> is that fear feels good right because there's unity in that especially when the media is also like feeding you more fear yeah Right, and it's yeah. and we're it's all in it together. Right, we're all in it together. Right? It's like, like, I'm scared, but at least we're scared together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like there's a lot of unity in that. And there's, it's funny because I I traveled to South Africa for the new year, and uh, and I was did a road trip down there. And one of the things that they did is that they banned alcohol sales across the country yeah. because it lowers immunity. Yeah, and it's like why isn't like that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I'm, there's plenty of people that wouldn't have been happy with that because it's like, well, I'm home, like I want to drink some wine or whatever. Yeah. But in well, our at case, least ban alcohol commercials. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you can buy <laughs> it, but we can't convince you to buy it right now. Yeah, but he, but here Same the deal. fear yeah. was yeah, yeah. here the fear was if we ban alcohol sales, then like we're gonna have a bunch of people that are addicts like going into the hospital because they're like, you know, whatever, they're fucking just tripping out because they don't get their alcohol. Well, there's that aspect of it. But then like we just here in Texas, we just uh, uh, took off the, the what's it called? The the, ma- the, the, ma- the mask mandate, right? For so- I mean, we're in a nice little bubble and, and I really felt like, dude, people are gonna like celebrate. And it was completely the opposite. There's so many people that are just like, oh my God, like this is the worst thing that could happen. And I, I was really surprised by that because I thought, it may, I mean, I figured, I figured there was going to be some of that, but it was more like the majority of that were still very fearful. Yeah. And it's like, man, like a whole year of fear messaging is going to stay ingrained for a while. For a long time. Yeah. It's going to be, it'll take a lot of healing to like get out of this period because it's like, it's trauma. Like people experience trauma. One thing that's wild too about the ad stuff is I forget, I wish I like had the statistics top of mind, but one, like fear is more shareable. Yep. But two, people buy more things when they're afraid. Hmm. So yep. like there's again another advertising incentive to one it'll have more eyeballs, but people who feel more compelled to purchase things. And it makes justify them feel it. good. And justify it. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, this is a scary situation. I should buy that. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah, right. there was an analogy given is like when people feel good, they're not gonna watch TV because they're gonna go outside and yes. have fun. So so the best tactic, <laughs> the best tactic for like even a news report is to focus on the fear because then you're going to stay watching the TV, which means that you can, you know, you can announce that you have better viewing numbers, which means that you can then charge more for for advertising dollars, yep. which is like that's fucked up. Like, like come on, yeah. like the focus- incentives are just completely misaligned like, again because yep. you are the product. Yep, you are the product, yep. so the incentives are misaligned. That's if the media was the product, then you can have the incentives be more aligned. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you right now, uh, the last year alone. Fiat currency has increased in circulation for the United States. I think since November of 2020, we've had a 40% increase in just fiat paper money circulating the economy right now. And like stimulus checks come in. And I imagine what people are going to spend that money on, right? I mean, if they pay their mortgage, they pay their bills, they buy a TV, or they're going to buy something that's, I mean, could they buy cryptocurrency? Like there's a shift in dynamic of what people are prioritizing. But if we really look at it, our health should be still number one because what we've learned throughout business, health and wealth are the two things you're always going to need, right? You can't have one without the other. That's really the truth. But from a wealth standpoint, defines on what really wealth is. If you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire, that's fine. Those people are still getting unhealthy. I mean I've seen Warren Buffett eat McDonald's and Coke like it's going out of style because he invests in it, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. So if you're saying those people who are the so-called leaders and the ones telling us what to do – they're not in it for your own health. They're in it for their own benefit, and if it was really logical, you would have banned fast food and alcohol at the very beginning, and guess what? You could have incentivized everyone to say, guess what? You'll be able to go outside in less than six months. 
you will not have to spend all your taxpayers' money on all these healthcare hospital visits because $360 billion is spent on diabetes, no, Alzheimer's every year, and $260 billion is spent on diabetes. So between that alone, that's fueling the unhealthiness of society right now, and no one is talking about heart disease in that light anymore. We've forgotten about it because the media doesn't want to focus on heart disease anymore. That's billions of dollars. That's billions. <laughs> so you talk about that fear. That's billions of strategic marketing dollars into everyone's living room, yeah. through their ears, in their face, every single hour. Yeah. Well, the thing is that there's a fear from these companies of losing these billions of dollars, except that they have billions of dollars to play with. Mm -hmm. So you can't beat that. It's again. So I'm like I'm huge on incentives. Like the incentives. This is like I've always been really really struggling. Is they have like a fiduciary requirement to grow every quarter. Every single quarter, which means they can't make long-term bets very well. Like it's difficult. Like you cannot think long-term. You have to think quarter to quarter to quarter to quarter, which becomes this like downward spiral, getting the outcomes that you don't want. And I think like that's one of the, like even like Elon talks about this all the time. Like he hates that he had to go public with Tesla. He had to because he was broke. But like that forces them to make different decisions. Where yep. if he was private like SpaceX, he would go way bigger probably. Yep. With it's more a control. huge tragedy with more control. Yep. So it's like one of the like major things I think we need to fundamentally shift in our system is like this fiduciary requirement, ha like which change it to a ten year requirement. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's just absolutely wild. One of the craziest things from like back to some media stuff and like stories that I love to tell is that I guess familiar with William Randolph Hearst. That no. sounds familiar. So he uh, is a wild dude in like the like early nineteen hundreds. He owned like 50 newspapers. He was like one of the like rich playboys of the time. Okay. He owned 50 newspapers across the United States. He had a ton of land in Mexico, like right over the California-Mexico border. And so he was like, you know what? I want this land to be more valuable. And so what he did is on all 50 of his newspapers across the United States, he wrote in big letter, U.S. in small letters, is might be, and then in big letters, at war with Mexico. And he put that on the front page on all of his newspapers across the United States and almost started a war with Mexico just so the Me United States would win. He could get that land to be more valuable. God. And this is not new. Like, this yeah. is the problem. It's, it's incentives. Like, these incentives can be incredibly wrong. And, like, I don't necessarily think that we should have, like, said fast food is completely illegal. Yeah. But what we should have done from the get-go, it's like you watch what they do, not what they say. When Trump got COVID, what was he on? So he obviously had, like, the experimental drug, but he was given zinc. Vitamin D, melatonin, yep. vitamin C. Yeah. Like, why was that not being said from the get go? Yeah. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. Yep. Well, that and like, yep. um, you know, they always report all these studies on like, oh, like this is why people are dying, and like this is like what's going on, but they never focus on like, why don't you like report about the things, the people that are not getting sick, no matter what they do, why don't you study them and report that? Yeah. Right. Like, why is that not a exactly. thing? Exactly. Like, I, I, so my girl, I've been exposed like a bunch of times. My girlfriend had it. We lived in the same room while she was symptomatic. Everything never got it. Yeah. Like tested multiple times, never got it. And like, why? And I know tons of people have had that same story. Yeah. Why? Yep. Nobody, nobody's looking into that. It's almost like we went a whole year and know nothing more about <laughs> this thing, which is yeah. insane. Cause it was just like, let's just focus on it. Fear. Let's just focus on, I have this like quote I love to say, which is like, Look where you're being told to hate your neighbor. That's where they're controlling you. Yep. And nice. this was such a perfect example of this. Is like we just politicized this thing and made people just hate each other over it. And we know nothing more. That's right. And if you look at the pharmaceutical reps going back to it, 
the ones that were telling us in those rooms, prescribe this, prescribe this, they're not telling doctors and practitioners what to prescribe because there's no formalized treatment plan for this. There has not been anything formalized from a, just an allopathic standpoint. The only thing these doctors and practitioners have been told that's going to help them is get vaccinated. That's the only – so they think this is the miracle holy grail. And if you think about this just misleading, it's not going to kill the virus from being transmitted. It just kind of stops symptoms from being worse, kind of like the flu shot. So once again, we've been duped. And so now if you think about all these doctors and practitioners that are probably frustrated, this healthcare system is about to burst. It's almost like if there was an inflation mark on it too as well, something's got to give. We spend more money on this country's health. And we're like one of the sickest, sickest. countries in the world. Yeah. And it's because of media. Mm -hmm. It's literally because media tells you, take this, don't take this. Well, it's like, okay. Then I tell people, you want to get healthier. Let's say here's 10 podcasts to start listening to. Change your life forever. You can listen in your car because it's one of the few places that you can still control what you do, right? The earbuds that you put in your, in your head. Yeah. You can listen to something that will blow your mind. And it doesn't mean you have to talk about it in a way that's politicized or there's religious implications. Education. That's what we lead with. Because if I go on the side of the road with a megaphone talking about how bad this shit is, you're going to scare a lot of people away. And that's what happened. Fear drives people away from you even more because yes. now you're the crazy – you're the conspiracy yeah. theorist. I'm like, it's not conspiracy theory, man. That was developed during – It's JF biochemistry. That was developed <laughs> during JFK assassination because people were like this – how do you just kill the president in broad daylight in front of thousands of people on TV and no one knows what happened? That's the power of media. Yeah. They, they could say, we'll just wag the dog. Just pay attention to this dog or this cat playing with this ball of yarn over here. Oh, that's cute. Look at all the likes and comments. But when you have an informed person, that's the most dangerous person you have because when a person's educated, they're informed, which means they know more than you do in a situation. You look at like everything that's gone on in the past year. People who are cool and collective were like, I know what to do. I take care of myself. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go outside, expose myself to more germs. And uh, I'm going to have a good mental state. And when you do that, you can almost withstand anything. And what Baldo was always talking about was no one's talking about how you stay healthy because if 99% of people or 97% of these people recover, then I'm like, well, I want to know what they gave them in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, this nurse came in last week said they're giving vitamin C in the hospital now. Yeah, yeah. It took them a year it to do that. It is crazy but they're still like, not reporting that. They're not reporting it. Dude, they like new, like it's crazy how much like Texas is getting all this flack when like New York literally kept people in nursing homes, <laughs> very yeah. sick, yeah, killed. Like that, yeah, that's a did. whole nether like thing to go through is the like the cultural issues that we have in the United States, like the the sickness, a lot of it comes back to also like how we treat our elderly. Like I, like my my family like one of my grandparents lives at home yep. with us. My dad's mom lives in a nursing home. Yep. My dad's mom died. She didn't even die of COVID. She died because, like, I think it was just, like, I call her a, 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 like, not a consequence, but, like, she is a, a casualty of COVID, even though she didn't die of COVID because, like, we were told we weren't allowed to visit her anymore. Yeah. She was a person. Yeah. And then she just Well, community is so important for her health. Exactly. She stopped eating. And that's just, like, such a tragedy. And that, like, that happens, right? And then, like, we immediately put people on ventilators, which we found out was, like, a wrong, horrible move. Wrong. wrong move. And so, like... Well, because it's not... It wasn't even the problem. It wasn't yeah. the problem. <laughs> it's just... It, but, like... But because, like, a lot oh of the media God. tends to be more left-leaning, because the commercials that sponsor them are more left-leaning. Yep. They... Like, Texas is just getting destroyed. Not really. Like, we have 1,700 cases in a city of 2 million people. Like, somehow... 
like in honestly austin hasn't really felt locked down at all this whole time no, like, i just kind of do whatever i want the whole time <laughs> yeah. and nothing seems to happen and yet like new york i mean now like cuomo and them are starting to kind of get it but they like literally should be held responsible for killing like hundreds of thousands of people yep and there he got an emmy he got like an emmy for his acting abilities or something some he got an Emmy for something. I was like, but he's a governor. How the hell does a governor get an Emmy? What that just tells you something. Yeah, oh, yeah go look insane. it up. It was something. But I agree with you on so many levels. The common sense of it, the other day I heard like two masks are better and no, it's not actually. And then they said, well, there's no point of uh, keeping people from getting together because they didn't get the vaccine. There's no studies that show us that that could be a, a, a helpful thing. Um, you know, all this research is, is coming in as we see it. So you can make the case to say we don't know. The science still comes in, but I'm saying you're dismissing science. Mm -hmm. When you have medical articles that are painting each other against the pharmaceutical industry, which is now interesting, is the first time I've actually seen vocalized doctors and practitioners saying this is not right. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like there's going to be this uprising to some degree. And what I imagine is like we always talk about Rogan coming here. The king of media is here. So imagine if like Howard Stern was here back in the day and we're on lockdown. All right. I okay. So if, if that was the case. I don't know what – if you have a king of media here in town that has the ability to captivate an audience, you now have exactly what the masses want, right, like mm -hmm. the corporations want, which means like you look at someone like him and say, please don't be tainted. Please don't go the wrong way, right, because you have so much influence, and the podcast world is where, you're, where you want that influence because you can educate people – on a non-biased sense, they can change the conversation. Like you mentioned Clubhouse, right? You can jump into another room and get on a call with Elon yeah. and hear, and ask him a question and be like, hey, I got this business question. I've always wanted to ask you, blah, blah, blah. And he'll answer you. The, the connections that you have, you're not getting it on TV. There's no connections to TV. The yeah, dial-in right. phone calls, emails, tweet about They don't want you to hear your voice. They don't want to hear your thoughts. They want you to just shut up, sit down, and hear everything they're doing and just take it and not question it. Podcasts allow the person to question authority, mm -hmm. which is incredible because when do we stop questioning authority? When is that a bad yeah. idea? We've, we've done it since we— that, Well, that was one of the foundation principles, right? Of this like, country. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got it here. It says, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, in the midst of the pandemic, wrote a book on his heroic leadership navigating the crisis. Hollywood and the usual suspects sang his praises. The legend, the legend of Govern, Governor Cuomo grew, and this past November, he was a proud recipient of an Emmy for his masterful pandemic briefings all the while, are you kidding me? All the while undercounting and hiding the actual nursing home deaths by reportedly upwards of sixty percent. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude, it's just you know you can also do like pay to play for TV spots, like uh, like you pay to go on and get like a five minute interview. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, and th there's so like there's one that we have a a, a good uh, a good contact with. It's called Biz TV, but they're almost like a public service, yeah. and you can do the pay to play. And they actually don't like they don't. It's almost like you paid for some of these extra things that they'll do for you, mm -hmm. but they'll do a free spot if you have a, a legit. But but I get that. But yeah. It's interesting, right? Because it's almost like infomercials, right? And hundred percent, yeah. Some podcasters do that as well, but it's definitely, I think, the more that's again why we need to try and figure out how to reestablish a different business model. And I Correct. think that really, right now, more than ever, there is the ability and potential to do that, which I'm like incredibly hopeful and excited because yeah. we can again leave this old system. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to try and change TV, yeah. but we can lead with podcasting. And the reason why podcasting, I think, is so unique is it costs like so back the reason why advertisers have so much influence is because 
Let's go to a newspaper. You know, you have 50 hundreds of people on staff. If they lose a big sponsor, people get fired. Yeah. It's a super low margin business. Like it's, a, it can be a huge issue. Podcasts, like biggest team is like six people. Like yeah. legitimately. And that's like really unnecessary. Like Rogan's team is like almost half that. And, and you can still make a ton of money. So that way, okay, we lose a sponsor. Cool. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Or like I'll fill it immediately because we have so many people coming in and the overhead is so much lower and you can still reach millions and millions of people. And so that is why I think podcasting is really the media, like why I chose to go into it, why I chose to focus on it was because I think it is the one where we can actually shift this relationship with the least amount of pushback because you can hit tens of millions of people with three people in a microphone. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think we get to do that all the time. And, and uh, he keeps mentioning that, but like the, the foundation of all of our companies, we have five now, um, is, is those two. Is, 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 are we helping people educate? And then are we helping their businesses grow? Because I think it always falls back anyways, right? And we're definitely not going to go choose someone to help out someone that's like educating on the wrong things, right? Like we wouldn't want that, right? Like someone that's like, oh, we love pharmaceuticals. It's like, well, that's completely off brand for what we're trying to do. And we probably disagree with a lot of that because like that means that you're helping a an industry that is not really helping anyone else only themselves um but because there's very little purpose for that right like yes like in a death uh, um you know kind of like death situation like you want something that'll help quick to bridge that gap of like let's get back to the natural stuff that's going to help me long term and not have to depend on this like dependency is not good no matter what Right. Like it just it just isn't Mm -hmm. right. Like if you could just say like, well, it's because I depend on on good food. But sure. Like, but that's different because everybody we need food and you can always like switch from like, hey, if I'm having kale this week, like next week, I don't have to because I can just choose spinach at a different thing with different combinations, sit with different people, have different conversations, have nice lunch um, and and build community because that's so important. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is part of what was uh, what happened with COVID is that people just lost community. Yeah. And you talked about your grandma's example right yeah. so well i don't know if they lost it so much as maybe they found it i know that's a tragic loss as well uh you know with with the family and all that i mean i feel like that's the most important thing is that you either lose it or you grab old hold of it and you try to like get even closer yeah. so mine like, got like way stronger like yeah. in austin here yeah like, exactly sure, so you saw each other all the time got to see i mean that's it's unfortunate because like my in-laws are in another state i haven't seen them in a year yeah like it's really it's a it's a shame because of that whole thing, like, we're not traveling, we're not doing it. And like, well, people are traveling. Like, yep. you know, it's just going to happen. And what we kind of realized at the beginning, like, this changes everything. It's incredible how people think you can go back to how it was before. It's not going to ever go no. back. I don't care what you do. The, tra- the trauma in people's minds and just the idea that you can still control them and what they think is not going to change. And so I imagine, okay, what does it really look like? Everything jumped online to the matrix. Mm-hmm. So like we're living, like you said, more online as mm-hmm. well. So people get their information online, right? Like you search all your information, your research or whatever, through whatever you have on your phone. So whatever you look at on Twitter or Instagram, if you happen to do medical articles, right, could that be influenced like JAMA? JAMA has pharmaceuticals paying for those research articles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust those. So then when you come to the podcast, most people come in here and they get a lot of information from podcasts. In a sense, they say, did you hear bring – Ben Greenfield's podcast. Did you hear Rogan's? Did you hear Aubrey's? Did you hear all these podcasts that are really talking about expanding your mind? And what I think what we're talking about is this level of consciousness, this awakening again, to where people are coming 
to the realization they're like wow i don't have to go into this lifestyle i can choose to like you said exit and come over here mm-hmm. right and it's as simple as not turning on your social media and social media is not well, at least minimize not, it. but it's not podcast that's what i want to i want to separate the Correct. two podcast is not social media which is minimizing right like i mean how many times do you are you searching and you're just like noticing that like Oh shit! I'm getting depressed, or I'm getting like, at least like fucking I pointless. Just, well, like, yeah. Well, you just feel like FOMO, right? Like FOMO leads to the other like anxiety and depression and all that stuff, and it's just and you're seeing that like as you're scrolling, it's like oh, I should have been doing that. Ah, oh, like fuck, like oh, and and you're just like and you're still doing it, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, well, stop, because you just looked at it for ten minutes, like five minutes ago, you know. And so, yeah. uh, and, and it's, for me, I've the way that I've done it is like, look, once a day, I'm checking it, and that's it. I don't even do stories anymore just because it's like i've noticed that so then like why would i keep feeding that type of health i don't yeah. want well, that it's, it's junk food right it is it's like, yeah it's, it's yep. essentially junk food and you just can't stop because the same dopamine like dopamine hits that you get when yep. you eat like a mcdonald's fry and you're stoked and you want more and more and more and the fat and carb combo is just phenomenal yep. it's the same yeah. thing and you feel the same way after it's like yeah. exhausting and you think you're relaxing when really yeah. you're being fed so much information that your brain has to process in that short period yeah. of time and yeah, just another. Well, it's, another it's thing. an addiction, right? Because it's still a biochemical release, For whether sure. it's a good one or it's a bad one. It's still a biochemical release, and anything that's a chemical release can you can become addicted to, and become a habit, right? So, how do you stop? How do you stop someone from like being addicted to cigarettes? Like you, you it's really a very much. It's not necessarily a will thing. It's like I really want to do this, and I'm gonna have to fight it off a cute couple of times because I have to break this barrier. Yeah. I have to break this addiction that compels me to do this action. And then you, and then you follow through, yeah. but you can't do that with media, right? Because, or I mean, you can, but it's a little more difficult because not only you, but it's also your friends. Like, did you see this post? Like, yeah. hey, did you see my story? Like, hey, did you like whatever? And then for some reason we feel bad that we didn't, and so then we go and check, and then all of a sudden you're scrolling again. Yeah, I, I really think <laughs> that like the most powerful thing someone can do for for their life in today's age, like in the 1920s, they had the lost generation. In the yeah. 2020s, we have the distracted generation. And mm-hmm. I think the most powerful thing you can do to give a middle finger to all the middle media companies to really take sovereignty over your own mind is go spend an hour alone and do nothing every day. Yeah. Whether that's in a sensory deprivation tank or just in your room, in a closet, wherever you can just do literally nothing. That is the biggest like anarchist like middle finger you can give to our current society because it allows you to... Take some sovereignty over your mind and realize that, like, oh, I love myself. Yeah. Oh, like, I have good thoughts. Oh, like, I'm kind. Oh, I don't have to worry all the time. Oh, I can feel fulfilled in my own existence. Oh, I can find ecstatic states within myself. Like, all of these things are the things that give us our power back and that give us sovereignty. And then you can choose. Then from that mm-hmm. position, like, I love to do it first thing in the morning. From that position, you then choose, okay, what is what do I want to invest in today? What's the media that I actually want to learn about today, that I can walk away from the end of the day feeling nourished, like I just ate like a really great meal, mm-hmm. yeah. Versus like just scrolling for like three hours. Well, a day. what's interesting, right? Because that goes back to the idea that the media is should be the product of yes, like I 100%. get to choose which one I consume, yes. as opposed to like I'm just whatever they want to feed me. I'm gonna whatever just they feed me, whatever the algorithm is showing me today. I'm just gonna uh, yeah. yeah. And and people haven't realized that it's because they're numb. Because what I realized instead of feeling the FOMO. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I could have done anything else to bring something and add value to my life. So, like, lately I've been studying things that it's like a new skill set or a new trade. And it seems kind of scary at first, but it's more like, no, like, I'll learn a little bit each day. So, if I'm not 
Like my downtime. I love this when people is like, well, my downtime, I just want to chill. My, my mind doesn't shut off. It's not like all of a sudden I just stop thinking. I just say, oh, I can hear my own thoughts now. Yeah. I can think about my own. Th it's my time now. It's like this time. is my time. Yeah. You know, no phones. No, like I don't have to talk to anyone. And I, my wife taught me this too. She taught me, she's like, well, I want to get off the phone. I don't want to talk. And there's nothing wrong with that because I'm like, that's right. I don't want to talk right now. I just want to think for myself. Mm-hmm. I processed a lot today. That I countered a lot today. <laughs> I need to like kind of just go through it and be like, what does this all mean? Like you said, there was a couple thoughts you said earlier. I was like, whoa, let me let me digest that for a minute because we don't have enough time to digest. Um, Masterclass, one of the ladies there, a story, and she used to say, all the talking heads just you know rip the president after any time they have a speech, like State of the Union. It used to be there was no talking heads. Whatever Roosevelt would say or Kennedy said, that was it, and it was echoed. You know, throughout the course of a lifetime, and there was no one to come and be like, nah, that guy's an idiot. No, no, no. It's like you don't want to undermine someone because thoughts and words are so impactful that if imagine a TV was full of Dale Carnegie or Napoleon Hill, right? Imagine if those people had those people looking up to like him watching on TV, our thought process would change. Yeah. Our thought process would be forever changed. Well, yeah. I, th I, the thing, the problem with it is it's been this culture like a build-up right because even if it was napoleon hill that was the president talking there would still be like the same talking heads being like oh that guy's an idiot right like it sucks yeah it, <laughs> like this is one of the things that i like i love about rogan more than anything and i know so many people personally and then i've heard so many stories not personally where people have beaten addiction or lost a ton of weight gotten healthy because of rogan and it's like okay so there's a popular saying of like you're the five people you spend the most time with that's actually from a study about weight loss like you're the weight of the five people you spend the most time <laughs> with super interesting and then it got transform into habits and all this other stuff but what what rogan creating you know nine hours of content a week or 12 hours of content a week allowed and with his kind of like i work out i try things i'm open-minded i read but i'm also like dope like you should be like me it helped those people who take one of their friends that they usually hang out with that's probably not great for them throw this earbud in and have like i now spend the number one person i spend the most time with for a lot of people who don't have good community is joe rogan so I am working out now. I am eating healthy. Yeah. I am trying things that are open-minded. I am taking care of my body. And, like, that is phenomenal. Like, that's the power of, like, his effect is that he could actually be that person that you spend most of your week with. Four yeah. hours an episode. Yes. Four hours. Yeah. And people listen to the majority well, of it. Why yeah. But to your point earlier, I think that also one of those five people you spend the most time with is yourself. Uh, that, so that's what I was actually <laughs> – I was talking about this last night. Yeah. I'm literally, like – People are always talking about the five people you need to spend the most time with. The key person, the person you spend all the time with, the person you're going to die with and born with, is yourself. So get to know that, homie. Yeah, like, for sure. And like, What's the one you get to know the best? Or right, you, if you, you should. should. You should. But we're yeah. not. We don't, we don't have the tools right now. We have the opposite. Because like, people think, oh, I want to like, relax. I'm going to scroll. Like my girlfriend last night couldn't, didn't sleep all night. And I like, woke up and she's scrolling. I'm like... You know why you're not sleeping. You're getting blasted with blue light. Yeah, and you're that, getting like all like your body. You're not telling your body to sleep at all. And that's not relaxing. You're processing thousands of like millions of pieces of information. Yep. That's yeah. not relaxing. Well, because in the opposite. marketing world, yep. they used to be like, oh, there's like uh, people see things seven times before. Like that's yeah. no longer true, right? Yeah, it's yeah, thousands yeah. of times yeah, be yeah. like before they do anything. I well, still say we do have to do three ads on a podcast before, you know, people. Buy yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Marketing. Marketing is an incredible thing. It's a powerful tool. It's educational more than anything else. I remember Balder told me that breakfast cereals and breakfast was created basically by the cereal companies. Yeah, sure. it, was a, yeah. it was a marketing move for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
And now Most that's the, that's the staple like the, of everyone's diet. Well, the idea orange that juice. orange yeah, yeah. juice, well, cereal. The, the idea that breakfast was the most important meal the day. meal of the day came from a marketing yeah. move. And I'm not saying like because there's plenty of people that say like I really need to eat breakfast before I work out. Sure, that's fine. That's you understanding yourself and how you felt when you haven't done that and when you have done it. But as a key marker, most people don't work out in the morning. Like they'll do it at night, right? Yeah. But uh, but they go to work first thing. So. Why would you want to like put all that stress on your body when like that's like the first thing you need to do is go focus on work? Yep. I would say like hold off till lunch, right? Like that that would be my advice because you because there it takes a lot of energy to process food. Dude, it's a ton of it. <laughs> don't realize that it's like no. Every time you eat anything, like blood is rushing to your stomach. Like a ton of different processes are going on. You're removing energy. Like it it's a it's a core function of our body. Yeah. Yeah, it's which makes sense if you're gonna go work out right after that, sure, because you're gonna need energy to mm-hmm. to fuel all that. But, uh, but, but the idea that we have to eat three times, we that we have to eat three times a day, like that's that's some bullshit. No, yeah, it is. Most <laughs> most people's diets are pretty much gonna change throughout the course of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I think people should not focus on like what key tidbit of health. I don't think you should focus on so much of what everyone's eating and what they're telling you should eat. It's like what is your body telling you, right? So you go back to like knowing and hearing your body. A check-in like this is I eat something an hour later. What is my body telling me? Am I tired? Am I bloated? Am I kind of mad, like a little moody or something, you know, or am I energetic? And I tell people, like, imagine if you ate something, you weren't full. Like you were kind of satisfied, which is a whole different feel. I don't know how people – most people aren't satisfied when they eat food. Yeah, They're full. Mm-hmm. That's totally different. That's totally different. I think being satisfied means you had an adequate amount of sustenance. And then if that's the case, it's fuel for your body in order to function better. So my nutrition is more of like – I've done six-day water fast with Baldo. He does it like once a quarter. He, mm-hmm. you know, I mean people are like, well, you're crazy. I'm like, no, the body's designed to do incredible things. We were just told that our body's supposed to run off carbs and sugar like yeah. the food pyramid years ago. Yeah, that, yeah. Th- that's not the case anymore. You don't, you don't need processed bread. No. Honestly, you don't. That's not the majority of what you eat. No, it's not. That's literally poison. But how much of each of our meals – and contain bread mm-hmm. like almost like i told a guy one time so you don't really need bread like and he's like then what do i eat then yeah and i was like what are you talking about all you eat is bread like there's no way but there's bread with everything right even like they put a little maltodextrone or gluten just as a preservative in there just because mm-hmm. and so i look and i say all right you want another simple tidbit for health cook your own food at home for sure it's so much healthier 50 percent healthier if you want to throw a number out there yeah, yeah. and you know where your food's coming from I mean, literally, if I go to a place and I say, give me some chicken, give me some beef, where's that coming from? How many steps did it take from the farm to get to that wrapper that's caked with carcinogenics? And I'm saying like, okay, now I'm about to ingest this. I mean, there was people who don't associate cheese and dairy as the same thing. (laughs) Like, you know, like they'll be like, it's not – I mean, I I love cheese, but I'm not going to give up dairy. Yeah. Oh. I, uh, there was a friend in high school that I convinced that cheese comes from jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> so they could get, so they could keep eating it. Or yeah. what? That's yeah. Well, I mean, I get it. To each their own. But yeah. like, and when it comes to health, you have to be very selective about what you do for your body. So once again, my thoughts are mine. I don't want someone else to think for me, let alone do I want someone to eat for me. Mm-hmm. I have to eat for myself because I have to function so I can choose what to, I want to eat. So then I think about this. Our brain's made of fish oil. So for then, the most like, part, yeah. for the most part, so how many people are eating fatty fish? They're not. They're eating like shrimp and tilapia and catfish, right? Where I think Easter's almost here, so everyone eats lint, which is uh, lint food, which is like just fried fish. For the most part. For the most part, yeah. yeah fried, fried catfish, bottom feeders, right? And then the thing is that 
fish can taste pretty bad if you don't cook it well, but For it's sure. not that hard to cook it. No, well. dude. Salmon, like, it's hard to make salmon taste bad. One, you can eat it raw. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Onwards. yeah. We do eat sardine cans all the time. Oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. straight, yeah. That's a pick me up snack. Yeah, it's dude. great. I 100%. love it. Yeah, yeah, but I understand that it's not a five star meal, but it's sustenance. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're hiking, right, and we have either beef jerky or sardines, I'm like, that's perfect. That's, yeah. a, that's a go food that gives me energy. I'm not. It's not gonna slow me down. If I sit there and I eat a bag full of like but, potato chips, bro. <laughs> that's gonna slow me. But down. it's also different, right? Because it's not like just any. It's not like Slim Jims that we're eating. Like we're getting like the oh, bison, yeah. like mm-hmm. grass-fed bison, like jerky, and you know that's that's it's it's a uh, that's also a process, yeah. right? But but it's like we're doing like eight-hour hikes, ten-hour hikes. At some point, I need some substance that's For gonna sure. keep keep me. If I eat just like some regular fruit, well, that's not gonna last very long. And if anything, it's gonna give me a sugar rush, and I'm just gonna crash while I'm in the desert and the fucking sun like i don't want that i yeah. want i want something <laughs> uh, john's son is in in the room and i just i just said the f word so sorry about that omar <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah and so something fatty that uh, that comes from a healthy environment that is probably the best thing that i can do especially when having to deal with like you know sun and freaking falling and <laughs> well i mean what if the most important thing you could do in the daytime was to get out and watch the sunrise and that be like your first light of the day. Yeah. Like you would be healthier, right? Because think about it. If we're not going outside, we've been indoors this whole time. You have solar energy, which gives you a boost in cortisol, mm-hmm. right? And it's a natural production of cortisol, an actual way to start your day. We're not getting that anymore. We're getting it from fluorescent light, yeah. blue light. And then that starts your day off of making synthetic hormones, I imagine, yeah. right? Yeah. And then if we eat... By the way, I did run into an article about what? how zone gazing is the key to uh, levitation. Nice. I thought it was like perineum sunning. Someone actually believed us that that was a trend because it was, yeah. and they attempted to do it. Yeah, dude, it's good. Man. I mean, you, you, gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta get the sun in there, bro. <laughs> With a sun that, no sign, right? Clean that area up, you know. God, yeah. Sun. So, so Kofi got sunburned from it. That's hilarious. Yeah. I believe it, dude. It's since different, dude. My, so my one of my really good friends, uh, <laughs> got a story about it. Matt Maruka. He has to. You guys, when he comes to Austin next, you guys should have him on the pod. But he runs. Raw Optics, the Blue Box Company. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's he he like is all about the light diet. Yep. And it's wild, like the, st- the stuff that he's researching can share. So I definitely can connect you guys next time. I would love through, that. Yeah, that would awesome. We, that would we really awesome. talk about sleep most of the time. Yeah. Like almost every like consult I have with clients now, it's like, let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk Dude. about your sleep and your poop. Yeah. yeah. You know, like really. Yeah. And they're like, what? I came in here for hormones, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, your hormones are out of whack because your sleep sucks and you can't poop. Yes, dude. Like that, those are like my like again. I got the aura. Just you got the like, aura. Yeah. So yeah. Gamifying sleep, like yeah, sleep was my first step into like the health journey was sleep. sleep. 100%. Yeah. But then I, I keep referencing this uh, uh, masterclass that I did on sleep, and uh, and the, the biggest thing on or the biggest statement was like, hey, sleep is is like the best health insurance you can buy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the one that resets everything that just regulates you if you're not doing it. And it's so weird how for so long there was this idea that like you know, I don't really need a lot of sleep or there's no studies that show that like sleep is needed. And it's like come on, like we every species every living species does it. Like there's got to be a reason. Yeah. Right? That and seems like something that, like, again, people made so you watch more TV. Correct. Stay up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. there was also, like, in the business world, there was a lot of pride. For like, sure. oh, I only got three yeah. hours of sleep. I'm still here. Like, I'm doing this. And, uh, I mean, I fell into that many times, 100%. right? Like, yeah. it was growing up in the marketing world and the sales world. It's like, man, we went all night. Like, we, whatever. And I'm here and I'm still going to sell, like, so it's in, you know, X amount of numbers. And, yeah. and we would, but we would push through it. But we so tired, man. Like, mm. and then that's when I started getting sick, right? Yep. And then I started breaking shit. 
shit. And then I started like, you know, getting injured here and there just because that age gap. I mean, th there's still a truth that like when you're younger, there's, you can get away with stuff, for sure. but only for so long. And yeah. it's probably creating long term uh, health 100%. risk. Right. But yeah. uh, but then we had to change the game. Right. And it took two conversations with you before I was like, OK, well, then that's what I'm going to start doing. Right. Because it was as easy as like if I want to perform the way I was used to performing. I can't eat the way that I was eating. I definitely should be sleeping more. Yep. And uh, I needed, like, because I used to not even stretch after, like, I would go do my Ironman training for, like, four or five hours and not even stretch, like, just go to work afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And he was hobbling into the house one day. I was like, dude, can you bend over and touch your toes? And he couldn't. I said, how the hell are you going to run an Ironman and you can't even bend over and touch your toes? Like, that's that's a hard sell for me. And so... When I was looking at athletes, you talk about <laughs> how much stress we put on our bodies. I consider myself an athlete. I don't consider myself an endurance athlete by any means. I actually work out less now, which is awesome, but I work out more consistently. So, like, imagine this. Endurance athletes come in here. They're usually high-functioning CEOs, entrepreneurs, go-getters, right? Like, I, I'm a high-functioning, high-performance individual. What the fuck does that mean? It basically means that you will work 18 hours a day, run yourself into the ground, and get up and do it all over again, and, can't, and you don't wonder – you wonder why you know you your mood sucks. You can't get it up. You can't poop. You can't sleep. They take Adderall. They take coffee. They take whatever testosterone they can get their hands on, right? Just so they can get better pumps, better gains, right? What will happen is you'll have an Ironman or a triathlete. They'll work out for six hours, right? And I've looked at this and I said, imagine that stress is the major issue when it comes to our health. All stress leads to inflammation equals disease. Well, imagine if you stress your body out by working out too hard, you can make yourself a diabetic. Yep. Yeah. And the reason sure. I know this because all these biohackers are wearing the glucose readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're running for six hours, and all of a sudden, spikes. this spikes their yeah. sugar. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Why do you turn into a diabetic? Yeah. They don't even realize it. Yeah. And then they go and they do it again. Well, they just think, oh, my sugar's high. They, my like, sugar's yeah, high, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. pound sugar or goo yeah. or whatever it is, protein shakes or whatever they need. And I mean, I've seen beer and chips at the end of a race too, you know? Yeah. And then they get into their car and they drive home. Yeah. And they go to work on Monday. Yeah. And I'm just like, are we missing something here? This is no. not a key to longevity. Yeah, You're no. killing yourself. Like, yeah. why would you do that? And insulin's the problem. Mm -hmm. So then it goes back to sugar and carbs and saying, okay, well, imagine we had a guy that came in on a 50-mile hike, right? 50-mile hike through Colorado. He fasted the entire time. He came in for an adjustment just to you know, say, I'm not hurting, but I just know I need an adjustment. Came in for an adjustment. I said, how'd you feel? He goes, I was fine. It was the other guys I was with. They couldn't handle it. But I prepped beforehand. Yeah. You know, because I knew what I was doing. He wanted to see how long he could burn energy by basically just having his reserves. So we were talking like a five or 6,000 calorie bar that he ate that had to be the cleanest possible because it could not spike his insulin. Mm -hmm. How in the hell is that possible? Yeah. You're eating like a, a, a bar of meat. Well, yeah. and, but I've he's, eaten fat bars right? before, but, like keto bars. Yeah. Just a brick of fat. Yeah. <laughs> like but, and the, and the thing about <laughs> yeah. it is that he was also talking about it like it wasn't like just regular that this is my everyday. Like I know these things and this is what I'm doing for me. Like why aren't people more like that, right? Like yeah. what? Like again, why aren't we using the media to educate on, on stuff like that? Like you can do so much. Your body's so fucking powerful right yeah. like why like you can get away with so well i want to say get away you can make it perform in a certain way for so many periods of times if you just do the right things i mean yeah. i do six day fast but my prep days three days before that are like very intense like the way that i have to eat and the way that i have to like sustain myself i'm sleeping way more yep. he did one with me one time and you know it was great like it's fantastic it's just that it's you know but there's a lot of knowledge that's going into a lot sure. of research you get yeah. to learn a lot, a lot about yourself how much food controls you how much you like yeah. 
just habitually like oh i should be Run eating to now it. like oh yeah and then how your body can like really stay normalized and like all oh, yeah. that stuff and yeah so by default you got into all the health and wellness world uh in what you're doing now but it was probably by choice mm -hmm. right you said i'm gonna break my path i'm gonna go over here and create a new path which i think you have i mean 100%. what's your what's your official title role like what would you say i just say like founder founder right yeah, yeah. okay and then um tell the people how they can find you yeah, so uh, you can go to modernstoa.co. Um, we do, if you want to see something cool, we do this thing called modernstoa.co slash build, where we're building the company in public. So nice. weekly reflections, everything going on there. Um, Sky King's Mental Playground on Substack, uh, launching a podcast soon, talking about China, propaganda, decentralized, centralized systems, um, kind of my personal obsessions. And then, uh, yeah, if you are a podcaster, you need help monetizing your platform, need someone on your team to make sure that you know you can one like monetize it but two not be influenced by advertisers we're your guys so go to modernstow.co and uh seize the day awesome man thank you so much guy